0: Hey friends, I'm Jess Connolly. I'm an author, a coach, a Bible teacher, and a local church leader. And I love talking to real people who know what it means to have full lives, but also want to walk in abundance. This podcast is for you. It's not my podcast. it's ours. It's for people who crave light-hearted conversations and deeply spiritual truth. It's for people who are busy, tired, waiting, growing, dreaming, working, or praying about what's next. Wherever you're listening from, if it's quiet, mundane, or busy, I am praying for you and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. When I wrote Tired of Being Tired, my new book that comes out in April, I had a goal that might surprise you. I wanted to help people see all the simple and supernatural ways that they could rest other than taking a Sabbath. Do not get me wrong, I love the practice of Sabbath, I think it's wildly important but I can't tell you how many men and women I see stressing over the logistics, the boundaries, and even the heart of the Sabbath principle. So today we're going there. We're talking about Sabbath, but the first thing you need to know is we are not going to stress about it. Okay? Let's dive in. All right, friends. So as I was just sharing with you, when I wrote Tired of Being Tired, I knew I had to talk about Sabbath. I wanted to talk about Sabbath. I love the Sabbath. I'm a Sabbath girl. But I intentionally actually did not unpack the principle of Sabbath until 50,000 words into the book. And I went back and looked at the book today, and I really wanted to make sure I was right about this. But when I did write about it, I only wrote about one page. And the reason why this is, is because I think a lot of us equate rest to Sabbath. And when we feel like we can't take a day off or when we feel like it won't work for us or when we feel like nobody understands our limitations or our boundaries or what we have going on in our life, then we dismiss Sabbath and we dismiss rest as a whole. And so I cannot emphasize enough that I love the practice of Sabbath and I think it is God's gift for us And I absolutely want to encourage you to build a Sabbath practice for yourself. But that being said, first, we have to talk a little bit about why we stress about it and why we maybe can press forward and move forward in obedience without stressing about it. So first, let's start here. Why Sabbath? Why should anyone Sabbath? I have three main points for you, but honestly, I need you to hear the first point as 95%. The reason why we Sabbath is because it's God's gift to us, for us, full stop. That's it. Our Father, who loves us, who made us intentionally, who has compassion toward us, gave us the good gift of rest, not only once a week, but also daily in our bodies so that we can get a reprieve from the brokenness and heaviness of this world. The reason why we see Sabbath established in the Old Testament and reiterated in the New Testament is because God loves us and he wants this gift for us, full stop. That's it. It's not about performing. It's not about doing it right. I do believe it's about honoring him and loving him and obeying him. But again, the whole point of it is that it's his gift For us, because he loves us. And Psalm 127 reminds us he gives rest to those he loves. So, the first reason why we Sabbath is again 95% of the answer because it's God's gift for us. Full stop. The second reason I believe we Sabbath is because it's how we radically declare God's provision and control in our lives. For me, it's the act of saying for an entire day, like, you're in control. And I'm not. You are the one who provides, not me. You are the one who holds this thing all together. You are the author and perfecter. You are the one who's great at loving other people. You are the hero. I am a part of the rescue plan, but this is about you and my dependence on you. And I do think that is important for our souls. I think it's important for us to remember with our whole body, with our time, with our schedule like, God is in control. And that's what practicing the Sabbath does. Here's the third reason. I think it's important that we Sabbath. It's a cultural practice that reminds us and everyone around us that we don't live like everybody else. So in one of my seminary classes I'm in right now, I'm reading about just the cultural temperature between the Old Testament and the New Testament time. It's called the intertestamental period. And what we find in this Period of time is that people abandoning the Sabbath was huge because it's one way that they showed the culture, like, we're just like you. What we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament is that when the Sabbath went, when people abandoned the practice of Sabbath, they stopped agreeing with the intimacy that was theirs through the covenant. They stopped experiencing his presence on a daily basis, they stopped acting like they were the people of God. And the Sabbath always seemed to be this huge linchpin in multiple different iterations of the people of God. When they abandoned the Sabbath, other things would fall apart too. And it's because it's this wild cultural practice that says, I'm not here to consume. I'm here to cultivate. I'm not here to take over the world. I'm here to praise the creator of the world. It's this wild cultural line in the sand that says, I'm not a worker, I'm not a striver, I'm a daughter, I'm a son of God. This is who I am. And we say that, again, not only to ourselves, but also to the culture around us. All that being said, I'm going back to the first point, you guys. Why do we practice Sabbath? Because it's God's gift for us. Because He loves His kids, and He knows that to be alive in this world is exhausting to live under the effects of a fallen world as people who have to show up and work and toil and do all of the things it takes to be human is exhausting and we need rest. So that's why we Sabbath. Now let's talk a little bit about why we stress about Sabbath or some of my thoughts about why I think we stress. The main reason I think we stress about Sabbath is because the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if he can make you feel defeated, if he can make you say like, there's no way I could never take a Sabbath, if he can make you be performative about it, and if he can make you be worried about the good gift that is God's rest for you, then he wins. He takes out this beautiful gift that we have. So really what we're doing today is kicking Satan in the teeth and saying, we're not going to stress about this. So let's talk about it. Sabbath fills a lot of us with a feeling of obligation or defeat or of shame. It feels like it's just another thing that we can't make happen or that we can't be good at. But while I think it's really important that we rewrite that narrative, I have so much compassion for these feelings in other people and in myself because I've been there. And in so many ways, I'm still there. So here's what you need to know. My Sabbath practice is far from perfect. My husband and I obviously work on Sundays. So we're kind of always tinkering around and processing and figuring out what day works best for us to rest. I wish it was always standard and easy, but it's not. It's often complicated. And Nick and I have been practicing Sabbath together intentionally for, I would say, about eight years. And I don't think that we have nailed down a perfect plan that works for us. And honestly, we had a conversation about it just last Friday in the midst of the season where I'm writing Tired of Being Tired, where I'm talking about rest. And Nick and I sat down on our Sabbath and we said, "Okay, what's not working about our Sabbath right now? And I said, I want both of us to remember that like we're not going to experience true rest till heaven. This is still just a glimpse of God's ultimate good gift in wiping every tear from our eye and helping us live in perfect peace in eternity. And so even while we practice our Sabbath and we work on it, we're not going to experience wild perfect peace. And I think that's one reason we stress about Sabbath is because we think that if we do it right, there will be some kind of perfect outcome. For us, Practicing Sabbath is often complicated. It definitely takes communication. It definitely takes maybe being a little bit culturally different or awkward, and it takes a lot of strategy, to be totally honest. You and I, what's true about both of us is that neither of us lives in a Sabbath-centric culture. We're not in Israel where there's a rhythmic call to rest that's embedded in our culture. And even more problematically, many of our Communities and our faith communities have cultures that praise, busyness, hustle, and hurry. We have a lot working against us is what I'm saying. I want us to go first to Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to read the message version and see a little bit about what Jesus has to say in this passage. So this is Jesus with his disciples on the Sabbath. One Sabbath day, he was walking through a field of ripe grain. As his disciples made a path, they pulled off heads of grain. The Pharisees told to Jesus, look, your disciples are breaking Sabbath rules. Jesus said, really? Haven't you ever read what David did when he was hungry along with those who were with him? How he entered the sanctuary and ate fresh bread off the altar with the chief priest Abiathar right there watching holy bread that no one but priests were allowed to eat and handed it out to his companions? Then Jesus said, The Sabbath was made to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. I want to pause right here again and give you like a fun little seminary asterisk because I'm in this incredible class about gospel and the book of Acts. And so we're learning a lot about the history of the Pharisees. And so the Pharisees was this religious sect that surfaced because these men were genuinely concerned about the lack of cultural Judaism that they saw. Because of the influencing political and social surroundings, they were really worried that the people of God were running from the ways of God. And one of the biggest ways that they found themselves concerned was the lack of people practicing the Sabbath. And so everything I'm reading is telling me the Pharisees began as the sect who wanted a purity of spirit, but In that, they developed a sense of legalism, and they actually developed an oral law that was on top of God's law, and they really just basically took it too far. And so in that, they became corrupt in and of themselves, but it started with something pure. They wanted the people to go back to God's heart, to live out a kingdom culture and not a culture of the surrounding influences. So here's what we hear Jesus saying in this passage, though. He says it way better than I could. He says, the Sabbath is a gift for us, in the same way that all rest is a gift for us. It's not a performance or a project God is asking from us. And of course, there's a measure of faith and surrender in laying aside our work and striving to trust God. But even that worshipful sacrifice is for us, for our expressed intimacy and increased reliance on our Father. A lot of us are trying to build lives of obedience and worship while disobeying and ignoring this invitation to worship the Sabbath. But Sabbath has never been about our righteousness or our goodness. It's always been about His generosity and His care for us. One reason I think we get hung up on the idea of Sabbath as performance or a test we must pass is because we are being like the Pharisees. We make the rules around it religious and dogmatic. And honestly, a lot of us come by that honest because it's been done to us. Other people have made rules around it. But here we see Jesus with his disciples breaking the rules and reminding them, the Sabbath is for me. It's not something I have to do perfectly. And we know that Jesus didn't sin. And so even him breaking a Sabbath rule was him saying, I understand the Sabbath better than you guys do. All that being said, practice of Sabbath is perfectly designed as a gift from God to help us combat the physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional fatigue that has plagued us for our whole lives It's a rhythm that takes time to develop, takes faith and trust to practice, and will cause us to go against the cultural flow of our communities. There's always going to be a temptation to make it dogmatic and legalistic, but we can combat that temptation by asking these three questions and putting the answers into practice. So the first question is this, can I take one day a week to enjoy God and His creation? Number two, can I take one day a week to trust God by not working? Number three, can I take one day a week to embrace rest and go against a culture of striving? Can I take one day a week to embrace rest and go against a culture of striving? The day you pick, how you plan your day, What you specifically try to do and don't do will be wildly different, varying from person to person and season to season. But my encouragement is this. You've got to find what works for you and remember that the Sabbath is for you. It's not something God wants from you. We're going to cut to a break in just a second. But before we do, I want to tell you that in the show notes, you're going to see that I have made a guide for you called Find Your Sabbath. It's strategic. It's gentle. It's going to help you think through all of these questions. It's going to help you figure out what day and what rhythms and what you do want to do and what you don't want to do. And none of this is going to be legalistic. And none of this is going to be about performing. And all of it is going to be about partnering with God to say, what will it look like for me to receive this realistic rest that you have for me. You can get that guide 100% free when you pre-order one copy of Tired of Being Tired. And you can see that in the link in the show notes. We're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back with some of your most frequently asked questions about Sabbath. I hear from people all the time that getting time in God's word and really soaking in God's word is difficult, that it's hard to incorporate into your schedule, and I get it, but I have an incredible solution for you that has helped me and so many other people, and that is the Dwell app. Again, dwell helps us fight this huge problem because when we don't have time to sit down and read, we can listen to God's word. As we're driving around town, as we're preparing meals, as we're folding laundry, as we're going on walks, dwell helps us absolutely soak up God's word. Here is why I'm obsessed with the Dwell app. You can not only pick different plans and different parts of the Bible to listen from, but this is also a listening app where you have so many different options. You can pick which version of the Bible is reading to you. You can pick which voice. I have to say my favorite is Ryan. You can pick which sounds you hear in the background. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's the ambient sounds. And again, of course, you can totally pick the content of which plan you are going to be listening to of God's word. The Dwell app has helped so many people, including me, get time in God's word, and they are giving you guys a discount of 25% off. So you can go to dwellapp.io slash Jess to get 25% off of the Dwell app. You are going to love soaking in God's word and living your day more connected to his truth, his presence, his power. I can't wait to hear how it changes the game for you. All right, friends, let's go. Again, please do not forget that at the link in the show notes, you will be able to find my guide that I created for you called Find Your Sabbath. It is extensive. It's life-giving. It will hopefully not at all feel like striving, but it'll feel just like a way that you can show up and be with God and pay attention to what it is that you need and the best way that you can cultivate this day to enjoy Him, enjoy His presence, and move forward more rested in the name of Jesus. But now we're going to dive into some of you guys' questions that you have asked about Sabbath. So let's dig in. Top one. I work for a church. Sundays aren't restful, but Saturdays are busy with kid stuff. So ding, 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 me too. I really, rather than telling this person, hey, this is the day of the week you should Sabbath. What I want to say is number one, again, in the Find Your Sabbath Guide, you're going to think through some intentional questions that will help you figure out the right day of the week for you, But I want to tell you off the bat that I don't think it has to be Sunday for everybody. I don't think it has to be Friday or Saturday. I know that we all have different schedules. And I think that if anyone has ever told you it has to be this day of the week, I want you to remember what Jesus says in Mark 2. This is not about legalism, and this is not about performing. It is about faithfully and bravely saying, can I find some 24-hour segment Where I can rest, and we're going to definitely talk in this Q and A about what to do if you have kids and what to do if you have a family and all of those types of things. But I just want to say, fight the defeat that says, "Oh, this won't work for me. I don't have the right day," and get curious about what day it could be. Okay, let's dive right into the motherhood question. Somebody said, "I long for Sabbath, but it doesn't feel realistic with a baby and a busy fourteen-year-old." So this is where I do actually really enjoy looking at the cultural practice of sabbath from an old testament perspective because what we know about sabbath in that day is that moms were still momming dads were still dadding meals were being made people were living their lives and i really want to encourage you that living your life loving your family showing up you know keeping the ball rolling in the house does not mean that you're not obeying the sabbath There are bigger questions to ask about maybe other ways that you might be striving or trying to get ahead or working. And honestly, for many of us, the questions that are going to be most poignant, and you'll find all of these in the Find Your Sabbath Guide, are not what do you not need to do and what do you need to take out of your life, but what do you need to put in this 24 hour period to really enjoy God? But my biggest encouragement about moms, whether you have little kids or medium-sized kids or adult kids, is you are going to have to invite them into it. And I do believe that inviting our families into the Sabbath, number one, is incredible leadership. Number two, it helps us explain to them the different ways that we're going to be resting or that we're going to be enjoying God together. And number three, it's going to help you fix a lot of these logistical issues that I think come up when we pit families against Sabbath. God knew that families needed the Sabbath. I don't think he's like, well, you know, they've got kids, so they'll pick it up later. We need to break ties with this idea that leisure is the same thing as rest, or even that like a free schedule is the same thing as rest. And instead, we're going to have to get intentional and thoughtful and figure out how we can rest within our lives. And again, you're going to find a lot of encouragement for this in the Find Your Sabbath Guide. All right. I love this question. Can the Sabbath be periods of time throughout the week? You know, I've heard a lot of teaching on this and I've heard a lot of opinions one way or the other. So the biggest thing that I want to say is that I'm not the Lord of the Sabbath goddess. And also like I'm not the Sabbath police. So I think that we get to do this wild and beautiful work of walking with God to say, Hey, what's right for me? What's right for this season? What can we do? So my answer to this question is, number one, I would say fight the defeat that says I'm never going to find a 24-hour period of time. You may have to change your rhythms. You may have to shift your life a little bit. I do believe it's worth it. The second answer to this is that I would say it's really, really, really hard to experience relaxation and rest in our bodies and our minds and our spirits in small segments over periods of time. And I think partially why God modeled the Sabbath in creation and why he gave it to us as a whole day is because it takes about a whole day for us to unwind. Remember that we're not just like workers in some cosmic factory, and instead remember that we're kids so we can move forward into the next week. But Sabbath isn't about rules, and it's not about doing it right. And so if not having a full 24-hour period is keeping you from experiencing it or experimenting with it, don't let it. Don't let the rules or the ideas of what it should or shouldn't be keep you from just trying and seeing what might be right for you. Oh my gosh, I love this question. It feels like there's a connotation to just spending time reading the Bible. Can I do other things besides read the Bible on my Sabbath? In the name of Jesus, yes, I do believe you could do other things besides reading the Bible. So one thing that I think the Find Your Sabbath Guide will really help you with is kind of breaking ties with the idea that the Sabbath is supposed to be this stoic, uber-spiritual monk-like existence for 24 hours. God loves you, and He loves spending time with you, and He loves when you acknowledge that you're in His presence, and He loves when we seek His face by reading His Word and praying and doing our spiritual disciplines to acknowledge just how close we are to Him. But I think He also gave us the whole world because He loves us enjoying this world that He's given us to. I think He loves when we feast. I think He loves when we celebrate. I think He loves when we laugh with our friends, especially unholy things we're laughing at. So there are so Many faithful options of things you can do on your Sabbath. And if you're picturing it as a boring day, the picture is wrong. Use that Find Your Sabbath guide, and I'm going to ask you to walk through a few questions about what it would look like for you to truly just soak up the goodness of all of Him, not just the somber and studious parts of walking with God. Again, the next question What should I not do on the Sabbath? I would be A horrible Bible teacher, and I would be going against the will of God if I answered this for you. I can't. I can't tell you what you should and shouldn't do on the Sabbath. I can tell you what works for me. I can tell you what doesn't work for me. I can give you this guide to help you figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. But the biggest reason I can't answer this for you is because I don't know the places of fatigue in your life. I don't know what's work and what's striving and what's worship. Only you do. And You get to partner with God, experience your intimacy with Him, and figure out what that looks like. Here's another question that directly correlates into this Is rest different for everyone? This is the most important question. Yes, everyone's Sabbath will look different because all of us experience God in different ways. And all of us experience the world in different ways. And all of us are fatigued in different ways. And if you didn't know that there's different kinds of fatigue in the name of Jesus, I need you to go pre-order Tired of Being Tired right now. So you can get to chapter four called Find the Fatigue and figure out, is it that you are dealing with spiritual exhaustion, mental exhaustion, physical exhaustion, or emotional exhaustion, or a fun mix of both? Yes. Rest will look different for everyone. All right, I'm going to answer these two questions together. Should electronics and devices be completely off? And then the other question is, I end up binge watching Netflix just laying on the couch and it feels so fruitless. So I'm going to answer these kind of pendulum swinging questions at the same time. There are a lot of people who will say like, no devices on Sabbath. But guess what that sounds like to me? A pharisaical rule. So I'm not playing like that anymore. There are some of us who are going to watch a movie or watch a TV show to the glory of God on our Sabbath. And then there are some of us who our proclivity will be to hide and to numb instead of resting. And the main reason why this matters is not because we're doing Sabbath wrong, but because we won't actually experience the rest that God has for us. And then we'll think it's Sabbath's fault. It's not Sabbath's fault. It's because we're numbing out. It's because we probably need to touch base with our mind our spirit, our soul, our body. But that being said, there shouldn't be hard and fast rules. I think the wisdom and saying like, you know what? I've noticed that I actually numb. I don't rest Is so wise. And now we get to do something about it. This is where, again, the find your Sabbath guide is going to help a ton because we're going to help you figure out what it looks like for you not to numb not to hide, not to like totally disconnect from your mind, your spirit, your emotions, and your body, but to check in and then to experience real rest in those areas. Oh, this makes me so happy. How do you rest when the to-do list isn't done? You just rest when the to-do list isn't done. And when you do it, metaphorically, and spiritually imagine yourself kicking the enemy in the teeth. Because it is the enemy of our souls that tells us everything has to be finished for us to earn our rest. But the good news for you and I is that God established in Genesis evening and then morning the first day. There was evening and then morning the first day in Genesis 2. And that means that we get to rest or we work. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to finish everything. Will it be uncomfortable to rest when the to do list isn't done? Yes. But here is a truth that I pray will help you. Guess what? The to do list will never be done. While you and I live under the effects of a fallen world, there will always be something to do. So we get to decide who are we going to obey, the enemy or the Lord? The enemy is coming to steal and kill and destroy your rest, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your body. God wants to give you rest because he loves you, and he does not need you to earn it. How do we rest when the to-do list isn't done? Just rest. What if resting for a whole day is hard for you? You need to ask why it's hard for you. And this is what you'll find in tired of being tired. These are some soul issues. You may be believing some lies about rest. You may be believing some lies about your identity and your worth. You may have just been resting in some ways that felt like numbing, and so it doesn't feel life-giving. But here's what I want to tell you about what happens after you partner with God to intentionally create and craft a Sabbath. Please listen to me. This is the most true testimony I will ever be able to give you about my life. When you craft a Sabbath that is life-giving for you, you will run through a brick wall to get it back the next week you will not have to try to make it work. I love Sabbath so much. I miss Sabbath the minute it's over and I think about it the whole week. I love Sabbath. I love Sabbath. I love Sabbath because I've partnered with God to figure out what I need for that day. It is not difficult for me anymore. It's God's gift for me. This question will seem so crazy once you really start to do some of the heart work and mind work to figure out why, you will think it is the funniest question ever because it's like asking, what if it's hard for you to receive diamond earrings? Or like, what if it's hard for you to eat the most delicious food you've ever gotten? Or what if it's difficult for you? When we ask those kinds of questions, it sounds crazy because diamond earrings are great. I've never had any. It sure sounds nice. And I love a delicious meal. Sabbath is the best. It's God's gift for us. And if it's difficult, there's, there's lies or misunderstandings we have about it. Okay. I'm going to save the rest for the find your Sabbath guide. Please get it. When you pre-order just one copy of tired of being tired, you get this whole extensive, beautiful guide for free. In addition to all the other pre order gifts that you get the audiobook for free. You get the audiobook for free. You get access to Real Rest Now, our podcast series with some incredible women who are talking about what rest looks like in their lives. If you pre order two copies of the book, you get all of that the Sabbath Guide, Real Rest Now, the audiobook, and you get one month free of Life School. Nick and I's coaching community that we've created for people who are pouring out and need other people pouring into them. we leave, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to encourage you one last time, don't stress about Sabbath. God, you are so generous to us. You are so kind to us to give us the gift of rest, not just in the Sabbath, but in a million other ways. We just pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us to receive this gift, to fight defeat, to fight pride, to fight even through the confusion or the lack of clarity that we might have about what this means. We need your help and we love that as your kids, we can ask for your help. Will you help us to find a Sabbath practice that, of course, honors you, but also helps us enjoy you and the life that you've given us? We love you. Thank you for the gift of rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I'm so grateful you listened to today's episode. Thanks for spending time with me. It would mean the world to me to connect with you. So you can send me a DM on Instagram at Jess a. Connolly, or head to my website, jessconnelly.com for more ways to connect. If you have a minute to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast wherever you listen, it would massively help us reach more people with the good news that they can live fully awake. Let's go.